the Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, I am excited to bring you the message that I have for you. I believe this is a message directly from the Lord. So I had heard a saying recently, and it caused me to dig in a little deeper. And so I hope you will enjoy this. So I've heard the saying from your lips to God's ears or your lips to God's ears. And so it got me interested in that saying that we're familiar with, but I think I knew what it meant, but I wasn't exactly sure if I knew what it meant. So it sent me on a journey. And out of that journey came a message I believe will bless and encourage you. For this week. So the saying, uh, your lips to God's ears, is a idiom, a Hebrew idiom that has been used for thousands of years. And it was made famous by the Yiddish author Salem Aleichem. Salem Aleichem. And he is famous for writing fiddler on the roof and so in one of his other books that he had written in plays uh, this idiom was used in the book and it caught on and became more popular and he came to america for the first time in 1906 and then he would die in the 19 i believe 1916 and so to give you sort of a time period so uh he this was probably took on a little bit of popularity around world war one or just before world war one And so this idiom in Hebrew, if we translate that into English, it basically what it means is what you speak will come true. So the saying, your lips to God's ears, and uh, this in Hebrew would have rhymed and would have uh, been, you know, an idiom like we use and, and been understood a little more easy by them. And so it means that the speaker wants God to hear what is being said and cause it to happen. But I'm going to take this idea of your lips to God's ears and talk about how we can pray in faith. Now, you don't get more prophetic than praying in faith. And I've got 10 simple points to help us understand piece by piece, step by step, how to pray a prayer of faith. And I hope to keep this very simple and very easy. And I want to start with a couple of foundational scriptures. The first one is Matthew 21, 22, and it says, Whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. You know, we can pray prayers, but if we, first of all, don't believe what we're praying, then I'm not really sure that we understand how Christianity works, how prayer works, because you have to believe, it says, and then you shall receive. And prayer is just simply communicating with the Lord. And one of the things that we've been learning in this podcast is that the Lord is, We serve a living God. He's communicating back to us, and He does that in multiple ways. The most basic way that the Lord talks back to us is in His Word. We have to grasp that concept that that the Word is Jesus, and Jesus is the Word. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word. They are one and the same, and He is communicating to us the, the most clearly 
through his word. But we serve a living God that also speaks to us. He speaks to us with confirmation. He speaks to us in our heart, typically through our five senses, so that we can both hear and see. And so that is sort of the secret sauce, if you will, to praying a prayer in faith. Let me give us our second scripture, and it's based out of Mark 11, starting in verse 22. It says, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. So simple. The next verse says, For verily I say unto you. In other words, listen up. This is important. <laughs> he said, Or truly, truly I say unto you. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, whatso, What things soever you desire, when you pray, Believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So I've got 10 simple steps that break down the recipe of how to pray a prayer in faith. And if you will grab hold of this, if you will grab hold of this concept... I promise you this will bless and encourage you. I'm not going to pepper too many scriptures in, but I just wanted to give a scriptural anchor to what we're doing as we set sail. But in 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4, this is step one. It says here, According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So, so the first step is that whatever you're praying for just has to line up with biblical principles. You don't need to go around praying for, you know, Cadillacs and Mercedes and BMWs. Not that there's particularly anything wrong with that, but I'm saying it can't be uh, wild, you know, prayers that don't line up with the with the ethos that is in the Word of God. But if you're praying for a job, a better job, a promotion, a home, uh, you know, basic things in your life, provision, that's okay. It says all things that pertaineth to life. So God want, loves us. He wants to bless us. We are his children. And so the Lord even says that he wants to bless his children just like an earthly father. And how much more does our heavenly father want to bless us? So the first thing is, of course, that your, your prayer has to line up with what God wants. And we know that God wants us to be healthy. He wants us to have our needs met. He wants us to be strong in our faith and give us all the tools we need to live here on the earth as we occupy till he comes. And so you you are have a green light. You have a green light to pray for things that pertain to life and godliness. And that's okay for us to pray. The second thing is to ask in Jesus' name. We know that it is nothing in us. It is only because of Jesus and His authority. So we always ask for things in Jesus' name and through His authority. It's His provision. My source 
is in the Lord. It's not in my boss. It's not in my company. It's not in uh, all these other relationships. It's really primarily only through the Lord. He is our source. And so we ask in Jesus name. The third one, the third step is very simple. But sometimes this is easier said than done. But you have to believe. You have to have faith. You have to believe that it's from your lips to God's ears. You have to believe that the Lord hears you. You have to believe that the Lord wants to bless you. You have to believe that the Lord will do what He said He will do, even if we don't always understand it, even if it doesn't happen the way we think it should happen or in the time that we think it should happen in. You have to have faith, knowing and believing that the Lord will do what He said He will do. And that leads me to point number four, which really is our Hebrews four moment. And if you know me, one of uh, my mom and my signature messages is Hebrews four. And in your Bible, it'll usually have like a heading at the top of some of the chapters and it will say Sabbath rest. And so if you understand Sabbath rest, that means that when I pray, and I'm asking God for something. Let's say it's a better job uh, to, to meet your needs. Maybe you're, pay, you're just living paycheck to paycheck. Well, that is not God's best. God wants you to live life and life more abundantly. So praying for a better job or a raise or whatever that entails, that's a good thing. And God wants to do that for you. And so once you pray that and believe it, then you can rest knowing God is working on your behalf, even when I don't see it. He's working, you know, he's doing it. He's a way maker. I love that song because really that song encapsulates what we're saying here today, that we have to believe it. You know, Hebrews 4 is a cautionary tale that uh, he's telling us not to be like the children of Israel who who didn't make it to the promised land, most of them. And you know why? It wasn't the sin at the golden calf. It was because they had doubt and unbelief, which is the enemy of praying a prayer in faith. So you cannot get in doubt and unbelief. You have to stay tenacious with your faith. I call it like pit bull faith. A pit bull will clamp down on a bone, and he is not letting go of that bone. And so you have to have tenacious faith that locks on to that bone, and you won't let it go. And it doesn't matter what the circumstances say. It doesn't matter what the report says. It doesn't matter what things look like. You're willing to just hold on. <laughs> and so that leads me to my next point, which is to have patience, which is really connected to rest. Uh, my mom always says it this way, that faith and patience are the wonder twins. So any of you over 40, you probably remember the cartoon growing up that had the wonder twins. And so wonder twins are faith and patience in your Bible. They go together hand in hand. And so it often, God often doesn't do things quickly. 
He does things, sometimes it seems like the long way, and I like to compare it to grits. I'm a Southerner, and I'm not real fond of instant grits. They just don't quite taste right to me, but they cook really fast. But if you want the good kind, you have to wait a little longer so that it can cook properly and give you that consistency that you want. And so that's like praying a prayer of faith. You know, you can uh, you can get a little tub of the cookies, the little tube, and make some cookies, and they're fine. But when you cook them homemade, and you put the time into it, and you wait for those things to bake, they're so much better. And so I, I believe that good things come to those who wait. Be patient. But God is an on-time God. He will always come through and, and typically it will be at the last minute. So, so you have to believe. It's a test, really, of our faith. Number six, you have to receive it. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, how do I receive something I don't already have? Well, you have to do it in faith. Sometimes that means you may have to make you a little vision board. You know, uh, I have a screensaver on my phone, and sometimes when there's something I'm really praying about, I'll put that as my screensaver or that scripture or a picture of it because it's a reminder to me to, to hold on, to keep believing, to wait, to, to not get impatient, to not waver in doubt and unbelief, but to just be focused, laser focused, that God will do what he said he will do. And then the next one is to guard your mind against doubt and unbelief. You have to set a guard around your mind. If you start catching yourself or, or someone around you speaking doubt and them, you know, maybe they're saying things like, well, it'll never happen or, oh, I don't know. I don't think you're qualified. It requires this degree or this certification and you don't have it. Well, faith without works is dead. You know, maybe you need to start signing up for whatever class you need to take or whatever or find out what you need to do. But what you can do is be a little more proactive. You have not because you ask not. Maybe that's something you take to your boss and say, hey, I'm working on this certification. I'd like to be considered for this or, or however, you know, how pray about it, how seek counsel, however. But you cannot allow people to speak death over what you're believing for, because the word of God is active and alive, and, and words of doubt, unbelief, and death will cancel out what God is trying to do. So you guard that. You be careful. Now, I'm not saying be weird and crazy, but you may have to be uh, passionate, and you may have to be a little strange to other people in that moment. I mean, you just use your judgment. But there's times when I've been so tenacious about what I'm believing God for. I'll give an example. I had a friend that was battling cancer, and she was very private about what she was dealing with, and she would not say the word cancer. And so she uh, she had the people that were around her and close to her who knew how to pray. She would just call it that thing, or she would say the C word, but she wouldn't speak the word. And, you know, that may seem weird to people, but I understood what she was doing. She didn't want to give that report 
validation or a place. Now, she wasn't denying reality. She knew she had to deal with this, and she ended up uh, having surgery, and it was dealt with, and God healed her. But uh, she's been in remission now for many years. But I applaud her tenacious faith. And I was someone who was constantly speaking life over her because I understood that she didn't want to give the enemy any room in her mind to plant seeds of doubt and unbelief. And so you have to guard your mind. Number eight, once you've prayed and you've believed and you've rested and you've guarded your mind against doubt and unbelief, Give thanks to the Lord as if it's already done. You know, speak in faith. Thank you, Lord, for that that position that you've given me, for that raise, for that increase, for that uh, promotion or whatever it is you're believing for. Begin to thank the Lord in prayer, in your personal prayer time. Begin to thank the Lord in advance. Now, that is putting action, putting feet to your faith. And then number nine, align your words and actions. You know, we don't want to waver, especially when we're right there at the end of this journey, right before the promise comes through. Align your words and actions. If you're believing for a promotion and it requires a certification, like I said, sign up for those classes or or find out what you need to do or begin to work toward that goal as if it's already been given to you. Be proactive. Don't sit and wait. You know, I knew a girl one time that uh, she would believe God for things and pray, but she had this attitude that it was all just going to fall in her lap, like like it was just going to rain down on her. And uh, faith without works is dead. You may have to pray and ask the Lord to open doors, and sometimes you may have to knock on a few doors or kick a few doors. You know, put your Put your faith out there. Begin to move. Begin to act. And ask the Lord. Let the Lord lead you. Let this be a journey you and the Holy Spirit go on together. And sometimes you may have to tell the Lord, Okay, Lord, if I'm going to take a step in faith, and if this is not your will, then make it clear to me and just shut the door. And I've had that happen before. But I've learned to be a little assertive, a little aggressive, to really kind of push a little bit, to step out of my comfort zone. Maybe you should approach your your boss. Pray about it first. Have a plan. And then maybe you should go and seek that out. Now, sometimes the Lord will tell you, wait, don't do that. Sometimes the Lord is working behind the scenes on your behalf. But begin to ask favor. You know, before I would ever seek out uh, talking to a boss or something like that, or have, you know, my, my husband would do that, we would pray before we do that for weeks. You know, Lord, give us favor. Lord, we just pray that you would begin to move on people's hearts already to bless us. You know, Lord, that we understand, you know, you have to you have to talk to the Lord like this. We would say things like, Lord, your Bible says that a workman is worthy of his hire, and we've been proven good stewards of the job you've given us. We've gone above and beyond. We've been on time. We've been dependable. We've been loyal. We've put in extra hours. And Lord, we're asking you in return to bless us, to give us favor with the people that make those decisions, to move on their heart for our behalf in Jesus' name. Now, that's how I would pray about something like this. And and I'm going to encourage you to be that forward thinking with it. You, you have to let your your words and actions line up. When it happens, you need to testify. You need to tell people 
what the Lord has done for you so that you can build their faith. And in the process, you're building your own faith. Because oftentimes, when God does these things for us, our test becomes our testimony. The thing we're praying and believing for will become a witness to other people of the goodness of God and how good the Lord is to us. And so it just makes me think of this old uh, Yiddish idiom from uh, Sholem Aleichem, and his name sounds like a, a uh, Arabic name, but it's a Hebrew name. He's he's the one that made famous this old saying, "Your lips to God's ears," and you know that really does just sum up a prayer of faith. You know the prophetic part of this is that God. The, the realm of the kingdom, the spiritual realm, it's called eternity. Well, what is eternity? It's where there's really no time. It's outside of time. And that's why when we pray, God is already moving in the future on our behalf. And so that's the prophetic aspect of praying in faith is that the Lord is moving through time to align things. For our behalf. And and like it also says in Hebrews 4, I believe that the seed is already in the ground from creation. It says from the foundation of the earth. And so God is working things out for us. Everything we've ever needed in seed form is already there just waiting for us to step into our destiny, to step in to that perfect Kairos timing of the Lord. And so that's why when we pray in faith in Jesus' name, that the Holy Spirit is behind the scenes, walking through time, working things out, aligning things for our behalf, we just have to stay righteous. And, and we do that positionally through obedience to God's word. It's so simple, but it's also so practical. And if God did it for me, he will do it for you. And I just wanted to leave us with a couple of testimonies of my your lips to God's ears experiences that I've had. Uh, My husband and I, when uh, he had taken a job change and we needed to move and we wanted to move to actually the house we're in now, we, uh, we just had a couple of days, our house, we put it on the market And it sold really fast, a lot faster than we had planned on. And so we uh, were looking at some townhouses to rent. But if we were going to rent one, I would have to sign a one-year lease. And then that would buy us time to save up a little money for a down payment and get a house. And so my mom and I decided, um, in fact, she's the one that prodded me and said, well, let's just pray about it and let's go look for a house. You might find a house. And I said, well, I've only got one day to do it. And I'll be honest with you, initially, I did not have a lot of faith. I was like, oh, the odds are stacked against us. You know, this is my budget. This is where I want to live. Uh, and we have one day to find a house. And so my mom picked a neighborhood that I really thought was out of my budget. And so we were just driving around and we saw the house uh, actually that I live in now. And it was almost finished. It was under construction and it was almost complete. And uh, we were talking to the builder just so happened to be there. Wink, wink. And the real estate agent for the builder happened to be there. Wink, wink. And so that That, to me, was a God moment, a Kairos moment. The Lord had already laid all that out for us. 
And so we had we had been obedient to God's word. We had been praying. And so the Lord, I believe, was working on our behalf behind the scenes. And so we walked in. We told them our situation. We uh, we basically made them a low offer on the house and uh, we told them we would we only had this much for a con, you know a contingency check but I would go ahead and write them a, a check that was really a low amount and that we would like to get the house and my husband had not actually seen the house he, he was familiar with the area and so I basically uh, this is before people really use text messaging and everything so I just basically had to describe it and said well we'll drive and see it tonight and at the at the worst we're out our contingency money and it wasn't as much as you would normally pay and so he gave us the green light we prayed about it and God did a miracle and it just so happened that the builder had already started with his crew across town. This is when housing was in a boom, and he was uh, having to spend extra money to still be on this part of town, and his the rest of his crew was almost an hour away, so he was losing money. So he wanted to unload this house quickly. It was the last one he had on this part of town, and so he was happy with the offer. We were happy with the offer, and uh, we actually were able to tack on a few little extra things because the house wasn't finished, and he was just so glad that we were buying it, so he was happy, and so God did a miracle for us. We got our house basically at a bargain, and so what God did for me He will do for you. Now, it didn't come the way I thought it would come. In fact, this one was quick. Usually, you know, these things happen at the last minute, you know, at the end of your 30 days or 60 days or whatever. But this just so happened to be quickly. But God, I believe, was working on our behalf. And when we prayed in faith that God would help us find our home, God was already working behind the scenes. And so we have to pray in faith, knowing that what we speak will come true from your lips to God's ears, because God hears us. He's a living God who loves us. And so I'm just going to run through these 10 steps one more time. I hope this blesses and encourages you as you go about your day. It says, number one, your prayer needs to line up with the word of God. With, with the standards and ethos of the Bible. Absolutely. Number two, ask in Jesus' name. Number three, believe what you're praying. Number four, rest knowing God is already working it out for your good. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. Number five, have patience. Wait. Wait on the Lord. Number six, receive it in your spirit. Go ahead and receive that. Number seven, guard your mind against doubt and unbelief. Number eight, proactively, in advance, thank the Lord for what he's already going to do for you, what he's already been doing behind the scenes, what he's about to do for you. Uh, Number nine, align your words and actions. Begin to act on it. You know, maybe um, I'll give you one more example. Uh, You know, let's just say you're believing for uh, a new car. Maybe your car is on its last leg or or it's not dependable for your job or whatever your situation is. Maybe yours is getting worn out and you just need wheels. You need a dependable car. Uh, Something so simple as maybe go buy a new little air freshener like the kind you hang on your mirror and just buy that in faith that, Lord, this is for my new car. 
you know, the car that you're going to give me, the car that you're going to bless me with, the car that I can afford that fits my budget and that gives me what I need. Act in faith, just something little, whatever. Maybe it's a new house that you need or whatever. Buy a little a little something that you would decorate in your home and go ahead and buy it in faith. Just something to to encourage your faith. And then number 10, when it happens, testify, testify, tell others of the goodness of God because God loves us and He wants to bless us. God loves you so much. So when you pray, pray in faith, knowing that it's from your lips to God's ears. Have a blessed week. for listening to today's podcast. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.